that is actually my worst fear, even ever since I was a child, that Jared Leto would come to my hands and act in front of, in front of me. Act real hard. Welcome to Psychocinematic, a podcast where we analyse depictions of mental illness and disability in popular film and TV. I'm your host, Stephanie Fanasia. Before we start today's episode, I just want to introduce you to a podcast that I've been really enjoying lately, and I think that you will also enjoy it too. Beyond Six Seconds with Caroline Keel. I'm just going to play you a promo of it, and I really implore you to go and download and listen to it. If you care about the things that we care about on this podcast, then you'll absolutely enjoy Beyond Six Seconds. First impressions can take only six seconds to make. But if you're neurodivergent, those quick judgments about you can be misleading. Because of most people's ignorance around learning disabilities, people think it means you're intellectually incapable. I'm not Rain Man. Every autistic person isn't Rain Man. I thought I was talking to people who understood dyslexia and ADHD, but they did not. They freaked out and were like, well, if you've got Tourette's, if it's going to be a problem, then we can just fire you and get someone else. I'm Carolyn Keel, and I host Beyond Six Seconds, a podcast where neurodivergent people share their lives and advocacy. One of my goals is making autism not something that's scary. I really want to help people understand dyspraxia a little bit better. Get the real life of Tourette's syndrome out there. Stop thinking we were nothing but a joke. Let's shatter misconceptions and celebrate neurodiversity together. Listen at beyond6seconds.net or wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to acknowledge the land that we're on today, which is the uh, Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to acknowledge that they are the first owners of the land on which we're on today and also that sovereignty was never ceded. And I'd also like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Me too. Thank you. Well, 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 we've made it to the end of 2022. And what a year. What a tremendous year it's been. What a year. Already has been. <laughs> COVID's gone. Yeah, it's, it's Complete. completely gone. It's like, complete. There's no trace of it. Uh, we're looking for it and we can't find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's shit. <laughs> <laughs> we say that every year. But it's particularly shit this year. Is no, it? No, at least we have a well, Labour We've been government. saying that every year. It just feels like the environment is particularly shit. Like, I feel like there's more and more evidence that we're going to die. <laughs> we say that every year. <laughs> Maybe it's more true now. Than it was last year because time is hurtling. I'm really depressed, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? We're going to do a little bit of a summary of everyone's favourite movies and least favourite movies of the year that were released this year, but also that they saw this year that wasn't released this year. Very cool. Thank you to everybody who submitted their bests and worsts. Before we go through them... Tell me, Michael, how was your year? <clears throat> it was good. It was a fi- it was a good and fine year. It was a fine year. It was a fine year. What was the best thing that happened this year for you? <sighs> I don't know, man. <laughs> what was the worst thing that happened this year that you want to share on the podcast? Nobody, nobody cured my diabetes. That is the worst thing. The best thing, having an income. <laughs> yeah. For the first time. Yeah. It's my first first year as a doctor. Yeah, that's a that's, that's kind of momentous. Not it that is. it hasn't been shit at times. It's been a hard year, I think. Yeah, it's been tiring. Yeah. For me, the best thing that happened this year, you being a doctor. <laughs> yeah. 
Because you get all the earrings you want. Yes, including earrings in your ears. That's the best thing that happened to you this year. You got your ears pierced. <laughs> the worst thing that happened to me this year? Yeah. You becoming a doctor. Oh, wow. <laughs> I hate how centred on medicine our lives have become. <laughs> That's the life of a, of, a, of a doctor, baby. What about, uh, you know, your podcast going from strength to strengths? That is my actual best of the year. I think it's been a really great year for the potty. Uh, we've had lots of growth, which has been wonderful, and put a conscious amount of effort into it so that we're releasing an episode every two weeks, which has been pretty standard, which I'm pretty proud of. And uh, we've had an amazing slew of guests, so including guests I've just like thought, oh, no, they won't come and, and talk to the podcast. They've got better things to do, but they've come on and I've, it's just been amazing. I'm really thankful for the opportunity to talk to some amazing people and I've managed to make some friends as well through the podcast which I just didn't expect it's like a little added bonus and I love it it's great it's fantastic yes it's been a joy to watch from the sidelines oh and you've been involved as well yes I have you've been roped in I've contributed the least out of everybody but you know what? That's good. <laughs> yeah. A, you haven't had the time, and B, it's opened up more lived experience yes. in the podcast, which yes. is what it's, it's all about. It's what it's all about. Shall we go through the movies? Let's go through the movies. So let's start with the films, the best films people saw this year that wasn't released this year. The first one on the list I'd never heard of before. It's called The Mangler. The Mangler. The Mangler. I haven't heard of it either. It is a Stephen King film. So obviously a niche uh, genre. It's a 1995 horror film directed by people I'd never heard of. But it is based on a Stephen King novel. But obviously someone out there watched it, loved it. Thought it was the best film they saw this year. Huh. So if you like horror... Watch that film. What's it? IMDb. What did, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? The guy from Variety. He died. Roger Ebert. What did Roger Ebert What did Roger say? Ebert have to say about Let's it? What did what David Roger Stratton Ebert. have to say about it? Let's see what, see what Roger Ebert says. Well, on Rotten, T- <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, it holds a 27% approval rating. Is that, Based on 11 reviews. That's not. That's not many. That's not much. This must be a fairly under the radar film. There's a film critic from RogerEbert.com who thought the film was up there with Christine and The Shining as among the best Stephen King adaptations. Wow. So it must be fairly fucking good. I mean, The Shining is one of the best movies ever. One might say that, yeah. Okay. You said that like it was an offensive thing to say. I don't think it's the best film ever. Next. <laughs> uh, the next film on the list is Inception. Ah, oh. someone saw Inception this year. Thought it was the best film they saw this year. In the hot, out, wow! It's just such a meh film to me. You know, I have to say, in this list, there's a bit of Nolan and there's a bit of Fincher, who are very popular directors. Yeah. Um. So you know, people like Christopher Nolan. I've never really, I've never really, never really. <laughs> He's just a bit of a all CGI and no substance, <laughs> but like flies under the radar in terms of lacking substance because people think his films have substance. But they don't. The fucking Dark Knight can fuck off. I thought you really liked it when it came out. No. Oh, okay. That movie makes no sense. <laughs> There's no plot. It's just grumbling and mumbling. 
I feel that way about all of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. I loved the first couple of Batmans and when it got really silly. Batman. Batman. <laughs> it got very silly with like Batman and Robin and um, Batman Forever. Like they're silly, silly films. But mm. I'd rather watch them than any Christopher Nolan Batman films because it takes itself way too seriously and it just bores me to tears. Yeah. I don't even remember the first Batman Begins. Don't remember it because nah. I was so bored. Savage. But you know. What prompted this person to watch Inception again, do you reckon? Maybe they didn't watch it before. Mm. Maybe it was the first time. Yeah. Reach out to us, whoever you are. Yeah, do. Um, no, I think I think there's merit in Inception compared to Batman. <laughs> yeah. At least there's layers. Yeah. Like literal layers of your brain and your mind and your memories. Yeah. Is it that mind blowing though? Like, there's just this little simple little. It's just cool how they kind of, it kind of gets pulled off and whatever the different layers of time. I don't think it's mind blowing. Also, for the fact that there's like you know a crazy wife in this film, as is in Shutter Island, and they both are Leonardo DiCaprio, and I get them the two movies confused because huh. of that reason. Hmm. Do you remember Marion nah. Cotillard is like? I don't remember. Okay. One good thing that came out of Inception was I'm pretty sure it was that um, meme of Leonardo DiCaprio walking with a big smile on his face. Oh, yeah. It was a good meme. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Shall we move on? It's a multi-multi-million dollar film <laughs> and the best part about it is one, one frame. A meme. The next one is Panic Room. Did you see Panic Room? I've never seen it. I know there's a type 1 diabetic kid in it. That's yes, all I know about it. Yes, which is why we need to do Panic Room one day. <laughs> and you know who that kid is? Kristen Stewart. Really? Back in the day. Is that her first role? Might have been. Wow. Could have been. She appropriated my culture. I hope she's sorry. <laughs> I remember, I really liked Panic Room back in the day. David mm-hmm. Fincher. Um, is it? It is. I always thought it was just some no-name. That was what I assumed. Nah, no, it was pretty mm. big at the time mm. too. Mm. Jodie Foster, and also Jared Leto's in it, so... I hate Jared Leto. (laughs) Like, I forgot he was in it. When Nick and I were talking about Requiem for a Dream, we were like, oh, shit, remember he was in this movie? (laughs) Jared Leto. Um, (laughs) I know. Yeah. I think Panic Room's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a thriller. Would you watch it? I'd probably watch it again. I think I don't like thrillers. It's, it's It's a serious film, but it's also... It doesn't try to be anything other than what it is. Which is what? Like Jared Leto and Jodie Foster trapped in a panic room or something? No. So I should probably talk about the plots of these films. Inception, you don't really need the plot because um, it's too hard to explain. Panic Room is Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart are a mother and daughter who's just moved into a new house, which has a panic room in it, which is like the safest room in the house and you lock everybody out of it. You're safe there. And then it gets invaded by burglars. And it's pretty much one of those, like, bottle. Like, it's all all happens in one night. And that's all I'll say about it. Interesting. Suspense. I'm really scared of robbers. Since I was a child, I've always been terrified of robbers coming into my house. But, like... Especially if one of the robbers is Jared Leto. I mean, that would be... That's my absolute worst fear. <laughs> that is actually my worst fear, even, ever since I was a child. Yeah. That Did you, Jar- have you ever had Jared, a robber? That Jared Leto would come to my house <laughs> and act in, front, act. Of, in front of me. <laughs> act real hard. <laughs> We had a break-in once. I threw a party in second year uni and our house got robbed. They stole my dad's uh, 
four-wheel drive and ram raided some bottle shops with it. And one of the guests was our very well, good, close look, friend for a le- long time and she, she never lived it down. Yes, yeah. My dad my dad blamed this close friend of ours for inviting the robbers in, allegedly. Anyway, we won't <laughs> go into that. What I was just going to say, was, not quite I just common. hate that these movies create this idea that there are robbers out there who are going to like break into your house while you're in there and like murder you potentially if you like get in their way does that happen like burglaries don't burglaries just happen when people aren't home and they smash a window and they steal some shit and then they bail it's not like you're asleep and like yeah you hear glass break and all of a sudden your room is full of masked men like like putties in power rangers like honestly unless it's like a serial killer which is you know pretty rare really the most common like murders are people you know who live in the house that you're in uncles you know dads and uncles really yeah i don't know i thought your partner yeah it's usually your partner yeah Mm. um (laughs) the next one another fincher film wow zodiac this is a a boring list very (laughs) (laughs) um so zodiac is about it's a zodiac killer Bead on a TS, based on true story, right? Yeah. About the Zodiac moiderer. Speaking of serial killers, yes. Uh, it's about, you know, the San Francisco Chronicle and the cartoonist becoming an amateur detective obsessed with tracking down the Zodiac killer. And I really love this film. So good on you, whoever put this one in. I am not a fan of this movie. Why not? I think it's very long. Yeah. I think it's very boring. Fincher loves a long film. It's very aimless, mm. but not in a rewarding way. Oh, okay. Why? Well, I just don't care about anybody in it. And it's too plot driven. I don't like plot. <laughs> you don't like a plot film, I do hate you? plot. That's I why hate you're plot. on movie more than any other um, <laughs> service to watch your films. You don't like story. I like story, but I don't like plot. That's my tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just feels so aggressive to have a story told at you. Like there's this guy, and then this isn't that basically and then like Goodfellas? This, 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 uh, I find Goodfellas quite overwhelming because Whoa. so much shit happens. <laughs> I thought you were so say fast. Something else. I like Goodfellas. I think it's a smidge overrated. <laughs> But of course it is. It's like, of course Goodfellas is anything by Martin Scorsese is overrated. That's not a controversial statement. No, 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 it's not. I'm just looking at you. Martin Scorsese films, they're they're just theme parks. (laughs) Sorry, Zodiac. Hugo is (laughs) definitely... It's got a really good soundtrack too. Not enough. Not a good enough soundtrack. No, 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 no. I mean, just because a movie has a good soundtrack... Doesn't redeem it. Like Guardians of the Galaxy had a good soundtrack. You know what? No, it didn't. Yeah, okay. I don't know what's I just know it has a reputation for it's having a good soundtrack. It's got 80s songs in it that are like oh, okay. really fucking basic 80s songs in it. And okay. everyone's like, oh my God, what are all these undiscovered hits? It's like, fucking on AM radio all the fucking time. Okay. Sorry. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> no, Zodiac's good. Should we move on? Yep. Next one. Frozen. Interesting. 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 I think I'm looking at the person's picks uh, in this category and they are obviously a parent or they just like <laughs> kids' movies. But yeah, I actually watched Frozen today with Casper. Ah. True fact. Did he enjoy it? 
Um, he, you know, we were packing up all his toys and sorting them out. So it was kind of a on while we did that. But he did watch quite a few bits of it and then asked. He wanted me to, to do Play-Doh. He wanted me to create Frozen. <laughs> also. That's a tall order, so... Casper. Take it easy. <laughs> so I got a blue blob with a, with a white blob on top and then a green blob with a yellow blob on top. And I said, there's Elsa, there's Anna. And he said, Elsa, Anna. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just I just need another musical that he likes that isn't the same fucking shit. I need a new one. So. Yeah, fair. I mean, it's a good movie. Mm. Have you ever actually seen it? Mm, bits and pieces. I um, get Let It Go stuck in my head a lot. I did a TikTok on Frozen. I think what I like about it is it's a bit of an... It's an allegory of, like, depression and anxiety and how to manage it and how to uh, try not to fight or avoid it and ta- and take control of it. Because her power is turning things to ice. And if she lets it get out of control, it can really hurt herself and other people. But the more she avoids it, the stronger it gets. She needs to learn how to control it. And she shuts herself away and isolates herself away from everybody, which is often what people do when they get really depressed. Hmm. Uh, Cool. Well, you know, yeah, it's nice to have another... Yeah. It's nice to have Disney films in this day and age that actually have messages that aren't Fall in love with a man and they'll protect you forever. Yeah. It's actually pretty good for that message. Isn't there like a handsome prince and stuff though? Yeah, but that's not the plot. Okay. There's one handsome prince that cons Anna into marrying him, but he's a con man. And the message is don't marry someone you've just met. Sensible. Yeah. And then there's Sven. Sven? Sven might be the horse. Um (laughs) But, you know, there's a bit of a relationship, but it's a, it's not a main plot. It's With the horse? The yeah. So don't marry... Don't... Don't marry a man. Marry a horse. Or a snowman. Or a snow. Actually, you know, my problem with it, snowman, not snow woman. Moving right along. Next. <laughs> the power of the dog. Is this our only female director? I wouldn't be surprised. I think you're right. In this category, anyway. What did you think of The Power of the Dog, Mikey? I liked it. I didn't like the ending, which I won't discuss now. I'll tell you the plot. So, charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him when his brother brings home a new wife and her son. Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. And it's directed by Jane Campion, who got cancelled this year. What did she do again? (laughs) She told Venus... Venus and Serena Williams that you don't get it or something, remember? Oh, okay. We talked about it. And didn't she, she called um, Sam Elliott a, a bitch or something? <laughs> didn't she? Yeah. I vaguely remember that. Was it a bitch she called him? Or so, like she spelt, she called him a B-I-T-C-H, like spelt out? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember now. Well, in our pig episode, we talked about it. We'll have to go back and yeah. remember. Uh, no, look, I liked, I liked this movie. I thought that it all like wrapped up way too neatly and in a slightly tacky way, but I really loved Bronco Henry, like yeah. the whole notion of Bronco Henry Who and Phil like, Burbank has been with, in love with. Who's and... just like, fucking yeah, it. Like just... I liked that. Sam Elliott did not like that. <laughs> Sam Elliott is a little bitch. Let's be honest. <laughs> I liked I liked the acting in it, especially Benedict Cumberbatch, which I sort of never really particularly liked. But he, I don't know if he was completely believable as like the American accent. Or yeah, the... the American accent wasn't great, but as a, like a rough dude, because he's such a plum Englishman in my head still. Yeah, but it was good to see him play against type. 
Just like it was good to see New Zealand play against type as Montana. Oh, yeah. Good one, Jane. <laughs> and Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst as wife and husband, and they are really wife and husband. The chemistry was electric. It was. It wasn't. <laughs> Which was the point. Yeah, no, it's a good film. It's a good film. The next one, I'm pretty sure this is my dad's entry because he said, can it be a film that you saw this year but you've seen before? And I was like, yeah, okay. And it's The Godfather, which I know this is probably his favourite movie of all time. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good movie. I mean, it's iconic. What can you say? It's very long. It is very long. I quoted it to Elise the other day. She had gastro and she she hadn't pooed for a while <laughs> She won't mind me saying this, I'm sure. And I said, I hope your first poo is a masculine poo. Um, <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's The Godfather. And she said, oh, I've, I, have, I don't think I've even seen it. I was like, honestly, I don't even remember it. I just know all those <laughs> iconic quotes. And I don't even know if that's in the first Godfather. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even certain I've seen it all the way through, TBH. Really? I definitely I think this was a, a film from film school that didn't quite fit into the time slot allocated. Oh no. So we had a lecturer who would fast like pick a bit to fast forward through. That's really disappointing. You We fast forwarded through the the pan flutes in um, Picnic at Hanging Rock. <laughs> and That's like fast the whole point some, of the some film. Godfather. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you know we what? Pick better films. Well, maybe the great director should have been mindful of the constraints of a film course. I'm not sure if Francis Ford Coppola was thinking about that at the time. Do you like Marlon Brando? I haven't really seen that much Marlon. I've seen him in Streetcar Named Desire as an abusive boy, and I remember The Island of Doctor Maru mm. when he was like about to die. Yeah, he was really. Didn't look well. <laughs> yeah, the wheels fell off a little bit. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, Apocalypse Now. He's good in Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, I'd like to rewatch. I'd like to watch The Godfather. I know that part three is particularly bad, though. Yeah, I've never seen it. Next. Spider-Man No Way Home. This is meant to be good. Yeah, well, clearly someone thought it was the best. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. It's an animated one, right? No. Oh, interesting. Are you thinking about Spider-Man? <laughs> Spideyverse or something? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I've lost. Everyone knows that I don't understand the Marvel universe. I didn't realize that Spider-Man was Marvel. I thought Spider-Man was DC. So you heard it here first, folks. Is there, is there Spider-Man in both? No. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I've just lost track of all of the mans. But this stars Tom Holland and Zendy. Zendaya. Oh, nice one. Love. Love a bit well. of Zendy. And Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Oh. <laughs> There's actually a really all-star cast here. Maybe we should watch it. It's got John Favreau, Johnny, Jamie Foxx, Jamie, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, bless him, Benedict Wong, Tony Revolori, he was in um, the Grand Budapest Hotel, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marissa Tomei, Andrew oh. Garfield, Tobey Maguire. Uh, Tobey Maguire was the ultimate Spider-Man and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man uh, a bit like Tim Burton's mm -hmm. Batman. Well, they're the only ones I've seen. The first two. Number three's got a great dance sequence. Oh, yeah. I never see that. Is that when he's like emo Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that when, uh, back when it was like board.com, they did like banana phone, but it was strawberries phone. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I think that was number two. I don't know what that is. 
for James Franco saying that Mary Jane's hair smelled like strawberries. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny. That's how I, that's how it's I learned It's almost about funny in the things. retelling <laughs> 45 years later. I'll find it. <laughs> Next one is Boiling Point, which I didn't know anything about, but I've read about it now and it looks really interesting. Is this uh, one of the tortured, passionate men movies? Pushing themselves to the brink. To the brink. With yes, their to passion. To boiling point. Yeah. Um, it's so another it's, type of movie I can't stand anymore. So it's a head chef wrangling his team on the busiest day of the year. And it's all about, you know, the pressure. So I think it's another one of those bottle movies where it's all happening in the one place. But, um, like, can we just move on from, like, these bottle, like, these men. These men. These men. <laughs> like, boiling point. The menu, like the wrestler, you know, these portraits of tortured the men and they give everything they've got to do this thing. And it's like um, whiplash. Like, fucking who cares? Like every single Will Smith film. Like, Hard done by man. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it's such Oscar bait. Yeah. The movies are always basically the same. Let's move on to a different thing. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Okay. Um, Who directed this one? Philip Brent. Philip Barantini. Um, Get out of here, Philip. Star Stephen Graham. Do you know who Stephen Graham is? He is. Oh, he, look at his Very headshot. serious. So what's serious. He, oh, what's he from again? He's in. He's um, in Snatch. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking of. I think oh, I this probably. Is England. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. a good movie, as oh, I yeah. recall. I I've seen this guy now. Yeah. Oh, he takes himself very seriously. I'm. I don't know. I'll watch it. Cool. Uh, next one. And I have to say, I don't want to see this movie. <laughs> tick, tick, boom. Oh, yeah. What is what is this one about? It's got Andrew Garfield, who I don't like. I, I actually don't mind Andrew Garfield. I just feel like he's a bit of a parody of himself at this point. So it was directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm, um, from The Sopranos. <laughs> I don't understand that That was joke. a joke because he's more famous for Hamilton, but he played like an extra. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's a joke. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't he in The X-Files too or something? Yeah, yeah I probably. I think someone else. So it's based on the musical by Jonathan Larson. It's a musical. Andrew Garfield's in it. Vanessa Hudgens is in it. Uh, lots of musical stars. It's like set in the 80s. It's about somebody, isn't it? Isn't it about like... Yeah, it's a biography. It's about Jonathan Larson, who created it. And he's a young theatre composer trying to write the next great American musical. But then, you know, the artistic community is being ravaged by the AIDS epidemic. So it's all about the, the clock ticking and having to do what you can with the time you've got left. And I'm sure it's very musical, which is why I probably won't watch it. Yeah. It's not... Uh, yeah. I mean, I There's a lot of movies on this. There's a lot of movies on this list that I haven't seen. Mm. Is this at the top of the list that I will go out and see? No. What is? We don't know yet. Oh, let's find out. Well, that were all the best ones that people saw this best year. Best films not released in 2022. Yeah. Let's look at the worst films that people saw this year that weren't released in 2022. The first one on the list, speaking of musicals, is West Side Story. West Side Story. <laughs> A musical. A musical by Mike. The new one or the old one or? The new one, I believe. 
Right. I heard positive. <laughs> I heard positive things at first, and then really? and then overwhelmingly uh, they were drowned out. Well, Ansel Elgort plays the the main character, and I hate him. Who is he? He's that um, young actor who's in The Fault in Our Stars, and he plays the Goldfinch, the character in The Goldfinch, and he's just this smug face, and I just want to punch it. I'm sorry, Ansel. I feel like there's also some there's some dirt on him being a bit of a cunt. Yeah, sexual assault allegations. There you go. Oh. So fuck him. I'm allowed to say he's a cunt. I shouldn't <laughs> say the C word. But yeah, no, I've heard that. It... What did Roger Ebert have to say about this? <laughs> Let's check the Ebertometer. Oh, wow. It's actually got a really high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 91% are positive. Average rating of 8.2 out of 10. Well, maybe I'll shut up. Look, I'm just not going to see it. You know? Nah. Me neither. Shall we move on? Next film. <laughs> Creatures from the Abyss, which is a 1994 Italian B-movie directed by Al Passeri, a group of five teenagers who get stranded in the ocean in a dinghy during a wild storm. And then they discover a yacht in the middle of the ocean, which turns out to be a secret laboratory. And in the laboratory, there are mutated fish created from radioactive plankton. And then it becomes a bit of a horror film. Look, it doesn't sound like a good film to me. I kind of want to see it. It sounds like a bit of fun. You've sold it to me, whoever saw it and said it was bad. Congratulations. Um, I wonder how they stumbled across this one. Maybe from like a news agent um, DVD. Yeah, who knows? Or maybe it was on late night film. It was on SBS. Does SBS still show films late at night that you wake up in the middle of and go, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) Who knows? Who is knows? there free to wear TV anymore? I don't Who know. Knows? I don't know. Next one is Gremlins. Oh, that's harsh. It's been a while since I've seen Gremlins. I don't want to, you know. Yum anyone's yuck. <laughs> I don't want to invalidate anybody's experience. But my favourite toy when I was a child was a gizmo doll, mm. which my son to this day has at the bottom of his toy box and it looks ignores. Pretty awful. And it's pretty. <laughs> Grimy and fucked up. But all I'm trying to say is before you yuck my yum, <laughs> you got to think about my childhood experiences. I, found so I might find t- it very triggering to see that film on somebody's worst films of the year list. I was terrified of Gremlins growing up. The evil ones? Obviously the evil ones, but the film is. But the, the good ones are kind of weird looking too, to be fair. They're pretty cute though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the evil ones. Oh, did you go on the ride at Movie World? Yeah, I did. That was pretty fucking scary. Yeah, I remember that. Not as you scary. You like went on a little car through like a sound, like it a Hollywood sound studio that had been taken over taken by over the by evil the gremlins. gremlins. And they're like, oh God, everyone, you watch a movie and then it's like, oh no, we've got to go through the cinema because gremlins have destroyed it. <laughs> I, that was one of those things that my parents really warned me about beforehand, like, now this is, might be scary, <laughs> probably don't want to do it. And I was like, no, I want to do it. But I was so, like, psyched out by how much warning they gave me that I found it scary. Oh, really? If they hadn't warned me, I reckon, because I'm pretty tough. I'm the opposite, though. I expect something to be really scary, and then when it's like, oh, that's not that scary, I will be disappointed. Yeah, right. Next one. Uncharted. I can talk about this one oh, because have you seen I played it? one of the games once. 
Oh, really? It's based on like a game. They're like, you know, they're treasure hunters. They explore old ruins and find treasure. Mm -hmm. My advice, just don't ever make a movie out of a video game. It has literally never gone well. Has there been any movies based on video games that's been a good film? Mario. The Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I feel like Resident Evil got pretty big. Yeah, it got big. There's like 12 movies, but none of them are good. Not that I've seen any of them. I'm just, I just know that none of them are good. Mm. But you're right. I mean, I guess if you had to say one of them's good, maybe it's Resident Evil. I remember seeing it at the, at the cinema and being like, well, that was all right. I don't know why. Hmm. It's not the type of film I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just don't do it. Well, in this film, there's Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. If you want to make a bad film, like a big bad film, you need Mark Wahlberg in it. <laughs> so it sounds like there was like <laughs> a quite a number of filmmakers who were signed to direct, like David O. Russell and a bunch of other ones that obviously didn't. <laughs> so it's one of those cursed films, it sounds like. Well, let's turn to the Ebertometer. David Stratton Stratifier, the Stratocaster. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 41% with average rating of 5.3 out of 10. Savage. Ba-bow. So the next one was The Game. I don't know what that is. Oh, The Game. It's a David Fincher film, everyone. Oh. <laughs> um, so The Game is from 1997 starring Michael Douglas. And it's one of those films that, like, when it came out, everyone's like, oh, my God, this film is going to be – this film is so good. But now rewatching it – because I remember watching it and loving it, but now I can imagine rewatching it and being like, this is the shittest film of all time. Oh, no. You know, like – Poor David. So it's the story of a wealthy investment banker who's given a mysterious gift by his brother, which is participation in a game that integrates in strange ways with his everyday life. And then the lines between his real life and the game become blurred. And then it's a big conspiracy. And I won't ruin the ending, but it's a very bad ending. Um, I like that the poster is a picture of Michael Douglas, but the top of his head is a puzzle. Uh, puzzle, puzzle pieces. That, are that reflects the themes of the movie as you just sort of hinted yes. at what they might be. Yes. <laughs> and um, Roger Ebert liked it. <laughs> Well, that settles it. It was right after seven, so David Fincher was right in that high. But yeah. clearly this one didn't get as high. Uh, but, you know, people like it, but I think it's actually very cheesy, very bad. All right, I won't seek that one out. Sorry, David. I kind of want to rewatch it for funsies now. <laughs> okay, the next one is... I'd never heard of this, and I... It looks so bad. It's called Zombies, and it's a Disney Channel original movie... Uh, from 2018 based on the unaired pilot zombies and cheerleaders and it just looks as very 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 bad i don't oh, know if you got, need to know anything else it's got milo Mannheim in it and meg donnelly i've always been a milo fanatic it has um two sequels as well it's a trilogy milo Mannheim is known for starring as zed in zombies so there you go well done milo oh it's cameron Mannheim's son there you go who's cameron Mannheim? She's an actress. She she's in um Romy Michelle's High School Reunion. She was on Law and Order. She looks yeah. She's nepotism. Uh, <laughs> cool. It oh just looks terrible. So congratulations that you you sat through that. Whoever watched it, and I bet you're a parent. Next one is called Reminiscence. 
and it's a neo-noir science fiction thriller film uh, starring Hugh Jackman, Tandy Newton, and some other people I've not heard of. Follows a man who uses a machine that can see people's memories to try to find his missing love. I've never heard of a plot like that before. Are you thinking about Memento? Yes. <laughs> it's funny when... I've never heard of this movie, never heard it, anyone mention it, but it's got bloody Hugh Jackman, the, the biggest actor of our generation. It's just, funny, it's just film. funny what shit what shit Hollywood can churn out for no good reason. I agree. You know they made a second Avatar? Do you want to go see it? Oh, I thought it was just like straight to DVD. It's probably on IMAX. <laughs> probably have to wear 3D goggles. Goggles. Reminiscence was given 36% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average of 5.1 out of 10. Okay, I don't care. What did the Ebert Meister say? <laughs> All right, next. Don't look up. Oh, yeah. Someone it, thought it was the worst film they saw this year. Well, it wasn't a good movie. I think it's harsh to say it was the worst film because... But we don't know what they watched this year. Um, well, they watched The Godfather, this person, so... Ah, uh, Papa Franco. <laughs> it could be Papa Franco. I just think the performances in it, some of them are quite good, and I don't think it deserves to be the worst of, of the year. But maybe the person who watched it is a right-wing person who <gasps> doesn't like the message that we need to protect our world. <laughs> maybe. Huh? <laughs> maybe. If you want to hear more about Don't Look Up... Uh... We did a whole episode on it. <laughs> The next one is Finding You, which this person also had to tell us they couldn't finish it. It was so bad. Um, (laughs) It's a Christian-based film. A Christian-based film? Yes. What does that mean, Wikipedia? Well, Is the the you in Finding You Jesus? Is it? Who plays Jesus? Look at at the cast. Who plays Jesus? Vanessa Redgrave. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, but it is an all-star cast of people I've never heard of and Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds like it's a young love story, but they have to decide whether what they're going to risk for love. Is it Jesus? Their virginity? Maybe. It sounds like a dud. Sounds terrible. It sounds like... Oh, the films that people have to sit through is very sad. I'm sorry about this. I mean, there is like this seedy underbelly of, of film. Christian films? Of, yeah, Christian films. <laughs> There was a Scientology film that got released this year or last year, wasn't there? Really? Yeah. Not Battlefield Earth. No, but that is the next one on this list. Battlefield Earth. What? What? Which I also watched this year. And spoiler alert, it's my worst film of the year too. (laughs) It's actually so bad. What is bad about it? Because it's one of the, it used to be the, it used to be the worst film ever made and then The Room came out. I'd much rather sit through the room. No, I know, but like, you know, the monoculture, everybody, there's always a worse film of all time floating around. And it used to be Battlefield Earth. I think it's still considered one of the worst films ever made. You know, it's worth doing a little deep dive into how it was created and and why. How Did This Get Made does an episode about it, which is very funny. John Travolta is just so bad in it. He has this weird accent. The dialogue is just strange and terrible. They drink these long, like, slushies. That's their alcohol. <laughs> this is blue drink. It's And then there's um, Forrest Whitaker in it, who's, like, actually a decent actor. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing here, mate? And apparently he regrets it. 
But John Travolta doesn't regret it. He He's so happy that this film came out. It wasn't like Tommy Wiseau was like, oh, it was meant to be silly and funny. No, they're serious. Like, they wanted to make this very serious film, which was really important. I want to see it. I d- is it, it just makes, tacky? Is it just so cheesy? It or makes, is it too... Because it's a Scientology film, right? Is it too aggressive in trying to make you a Scientologist? Like, you wouldn't even know it's a Scientology film. Like, it's a science fiction film. It makes no sense. It's trying to be like Star Wars. Like, it, it has a Star Wars-ish beginning with, you know, a little summary of the plot coming up on the screen. It does the crossovers that you see from the first films. You know, like the white fade and stuff like mm, that. Right. Um, it has this law that you don't understand that makes no sense. Um, Isn't the law... Scientology, is, though, yeah, it's is, like the creation it story. Is, of... It is, but like, because you don't know what the fuck's happening. It doesn't make you go, oh, I think I need to be a Scientologist. John Travolta called it like Pulp Fiction for the year 3000. I mean, that sounds it's amazing. Not. <laughs> it's not. I think it'd be worth watching while you're high. Like, I don't think you could sit down and just watch it from start to finish. It's so bad. It's unwatchable. Wow. Mm. Okay. Which leads us to probably one of the more recent Scientology films, The French Dispatch. (laughs) I'm interested that this was the worst film someone saw this year because, you know what, I forgot I even saw it. Yeah. And it's a Wes Anderson film and I love Wes Anderson and I I remember liking it. It's fine. But I forgot all about it. So maybe they're correct. I forgot. I don't remember what happens in it. It's like a series of vignettes, right? Yeah, pretty much. With good actors being aesthetic. Timothy Chalamet, your favourite. Bill Murray. Owen Wilson. <laughs> you can't just read the cast out. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> They're the same ones in every single film. Yeah. Um, it no. was just like a it's just like Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson. Yeah, it really is. How much more of that can we take as a culture? If you just want to see Wes, Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson with it's all his very, favorite it's friends. It's very beautiful. Like it's I gorgeous. like it. It's, it's gorgeous. Fine. But it, yeah, it's a bit of a blip on the page. Yeah. Yeah. He's starting to amass a few blips, isn't he? Yeah. Old Wes. What's he going to do next? Doesn't he have something in the works that sounds kind of cool? It's like, it's an animation. (gasps) He's doing the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, which is uh, Roald Dahl. Fanetti, interesting. Yeah, for Netflix. It could be good. And then Asteroid City, he's releasing this year. Next year, I mean. Oh, look, Tom Hanks is in it. Steve Carell, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Edward Norton. Jason Schwartzman. I was going to say some of these people aren't really Wes Anderson types, but then you said but then all Edward of them Norton are. and Jason Schwartzman. Willem Dafoe. Jeff Goldblum. Matt Dillon. Adrian Brony. Brony. Adrian Brony. <laughs> Tony Reveroli. All right. Watch okay. this space. Watch this. Come on, Wes. Come on, Wes. Come on, Wes. Give us a banger. I'm praying for you. So what next? Worst film of 2022? Yeah, let's do worst films. All right. The first one someone wrote was Jurassic Park, the new one. (laughs) Which new one? There's like six new ones. It's so bad. They're like, you know, the new one. Um, Apparently it was... uh, Everything after Jurassic Park 2 is the new one. Dominion. Dominion. Yeah, yeah, I know. This was the one Honestly, that had they assembled the the old cast, oh, and I, they I made it, to see it seem really exciting. But then it was just universally panned. Mm. That is a shame. That is a damn shame. Um, it is a shame because like Chris we need Pratt good dinosaur shame. movies to satisfy my son. Yes, that are going to be not too know, scary. Not too scary, but also age with him. You know? Yeah, like a Harry Potter, but it's about dinosaurs. Yeah. 
Dinosaur Train the movie? The good dinosaur is uh, shit. Nah, nah. And if I watch Land Before Time 2 one more time, I'm going to pop. You're a family and you're one of us now. You're a family and you're one of us now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was going to say this too, but like the, the new trilogy is shithouse. Mm. They thought they could maybe get people to like it because of the... Chris oh, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Someone just stop. Chris Pratt, just stop. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Yep. So the next one is Pearl, which is an A24 film, which Mm. made me go, oh, how could anyone dislike it? (laughs) Because it's A24. Um, It's a prelude to X, which has also been released this year. Um, And Mia Goth is in both films. It's a slasher film directed by T. West. I saw like some promo stuff, like the sort of striking posters, and I think on Letterboxd it was trending for a little while there. But I, yeah, I don't know. So it's set in like nineteen eighteen during the influenza pandemic. Ooh, too soon. Um, Do you think maybe it was deliberate? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Sorry. Oh. I'm really sorry. It seems like Pearl's like really disturbed, so she's like kills farm animals and physically abuses her father. So it seems like it's kind of a fucked up film. It seems pretty fucked up. <laughs> Do you want to see it? Has has yeah. <laughs> skimming, skimming through the Wikipedia page made you want to see it? It has. You just need to see that A24 and you're in. It sounds like the origin story for this person who becomes a movie star and she's a violent young girl. I wonder if we could do a podcast about it. But someone said it was the worst film they saw this year. Mia Goth is cool though. It's got an interesting face. Next one. This is the one we've all been waiting for, we've all been expecting. And it's been voted for numerous times. And it's also my vote. It's definitely the winner of the worst new film of 2022. Drum roll. Don't worry, darling. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. it. I heard it was really shit. (laughs) Somebody told me the storyline and that made it sound really shit. The thing is, the storyline isn't that shit. It's just been done before, and it's not nothing new. Um, I won't spoil it for you. I feel like people should see it because you're going to want to see it because it's such a train wreck. But also all the cr- controversy around it with Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh, and I could just see, I could just watch Florence in anything. Didn't Chris Chris Pratt spat on no. Johnny Greenwood Dep- at the Oscars? <laughs> Chris Pine. Chris Pine shot Olivia Wilde in the leg at the Emmys. And something about a salad dressing. What? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Ah. There was just so much drama around it, which we're all like, oh my God, this is wild. Let's hear more about it, Olivia Wilde. And then when you actually see the film, it's like, this film was just bad. <laughs> like, badly executed. Harry Styles, I know he's beloved, but he can't act. The dialogue's terrible. Just not good. I think Olivia Wilde should stick to, she's the director, she should stick to acting in films that I don't watch because I, I don't see her in many things. She did um, Booksmart though, didn't she? She did. I really liked Booksmart. Yeah, Booksmart was good. But maybe she should stick to book smart too <laughs> oh well good on her for trying something Actually, you different know, one thing i will say the costume design and the set design was very nice i did like that 
The set design of all Baz Luhrmann movies is nice. Next one is Ticket to Paradise, which I had not heard of, and I watched the trailer for, and it looks like shit. Oh, is this the one? It's got two really fat. Yeah, George Clooney's and who's the other one? Julia Robert Roberts. Downey, Julia Roberts, <laughs> Downey Jr. Another film that's been done to death. You know, to... are they are they together or no? They're divorced. They're right. Divorced. Do they rekindle their love? Yeah, they have to come together to stop their daughter, who is this hot gal, Caitlin, Caitlin Dever, Dever, who's actually in really good films like Booksmart. Ah. Why is she in this shit show? I mean, you get to be in a movie with George Clooney and like two of the most famous actors of all time. I guess you don't say no to that. No, not if you're Ka- Caitlin Jenner. But you know, it's got a three minute long trailer where you can... You just know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's just one of those rom-coms we just don't need anymore. But, you know, people watch it for something to turn their head off, you know, turn, their, turn their mind off. And I just, Julia Roberts, overrated. That is not a controversial opinion. I know. So thank you for everyone who agrees with me right now. Erin <laughs> uh, Brockovich. Their boobs, Ed. Was the, the catalyst... You want a that number? En- Four. That's how many kids I have. Ended the gender pay gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And Steel Magnolias gave me diabetes. <laughs> Mystic Pizza gave me pizza. <laughs> Next one. Have you heard of black the black phone? I have, actually. <laughs> it looks really bad. Well, it, it's another one that like I read one or two good reviews about, and then all of a sudden it was like absolutely panned again maybe i'm just on the wrong maybe i'm looking at the wrong things you know what you should be looking at ethan hawk as a bad guy i just again ethan hawk give it up again mate your career renaissance maybe he just doesn't know what to do with himself now that he's not like a ruggedly hot guy you know he's aging he wants yeah. to be a bad guy yeah i want to i'm referring to like moon knight he plays the villain and then he was in um, Glass Onion for like five seconds, playing like the same kind of character. Yeah. He's like the only main, like big act, big name actor in this film too, that I can tell. And isn't it, was the director is like, they did something good. They did a, they did a Doctor Strange movie. In the multiverse of madness. Disregard. Yeah, no, so this is like a thriller, right? About a guy who kidnaps children... And there's something called the grabber. There's like a there's like a clairvoyant kid who's like trying to rescue the kidnapped kids or something. Mm-hmm. In, and there's a guy with the spooky mask. It sounds like it's trying to be like it. Okay. Not that I've seen it. <laughs> um, but you know, it's trying to be like a Stephen King type dealio anyway. Like what about kids banding together in the face of terrible, unspeakable horror? Yeah. Possibly. No. I don't know. It just looks it just looks like a horror that they've created. They've taken bits from things in the past, like the grabber's appearance is like Lon Chaney's character from London After Midnight, which is from like the twenties. They're trying to cobble together something that doesn't look like it's actually decent. Cool. Well I was vaguely tempted to see it. Mm. But you've talked me out of it. Because well, this was like the second worst film of the year based on this. Yeah, there's a couple of... 
votes for this one as well. Um, so the next one is Stuba. Stuba. I don't think I've heard of Stuba. It's a 2019. Oh, maybe it only just got released this year. Maybe it got released on Netflix this year. I'm not sure, but this person put it in this category. It's a 2019 American buddy cop action comedy film directed by Michael Dowes. Um, and it's about a mild-mannered Uber driver named Stu. Oh, I think I maybe saw a trailer for this. By Who's played by Kumail Nanjini. I don't know if I've said his name right. I apologize. But, you know, he's that quite popular yeah. comedian. He picks up a passenger, Dave Bautista, who was in Knives Out, um, who turns out to be a cop hot on the trail of a brutal killer. And there's quite a few decent actors in it. But um, uh, apparently it did not take full advantage of its potential, but the chemistry between the two main actors was good. Sounds forgettable. Yeah, it sounds like one of those comedies that you're like, oh, this might be fun. Like, yeah. Oh, it got quite low ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, 42%. So it's pretty bad. Not worth it. Yeah. And finally, and I'm pretty sure I knew I know who, who submitted this one. And I You feel... must only know one person <laughs> who saw this film. <laughs> I feel very sad and sorry for them for having to sit through this film. Minions, The Rise of Gru, which I'm pretty sure is on a lot of uh worst films of twenty twenty two lists <laughs> on the internet. I've never watched a Minions film and I never want to, but I'm sure I'll have to at some point. God, I hope not. I hope that we've just forgotten about Minions by the time Casper's of an age that he might want to watch Minions. The problem is, though, like, his friends will like Minions and the more we, like, push him away from Minions, the more it'll he'll be in, enticed by Minions. So maybe we introduce him to Minions. Like, just just piecemeal, though. Yeah, just like, give him the hey, taste. we think you're really going to like this. And then, like, every morning, as soon as he wakes up, Minions time. You've got to have your Minions. Come on, you've got to do your Minions. No, no. (laughs) Have your Minions, and then you can have your Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's what we're doing, starting tomorrow. All right, let's do it. This is going to give us the opposite of what we want, though. Yeah. Which is exposure to Minions. But, like, Minions, right, it's just like a spin-off from Despicable Me, yeah? And they're, like, the Mm. little... Got the little henchmen yeah. for the villain guy, and they get up to <laughs> mischief, right? Yeah. But this one had some sort of seventies theme, didn't it? It had some sort of prequel, like origin story. Oh, that I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all those like douchey guys, the gentle, the gentle minions, the gentle dressed minions. up in suits to go to see the minions film. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that then was I think a, they started they started yeah. rioting or something, right? Probably, yeah. or maybe I'm just thinking of the end of Joker. I actually <laughs> thought that that was really funny that they did that. Yeah. The 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 boys, the, boys. the silly cheeky <laughs> boys in their suits. I thought that was quite funny. It is funny, but also those people are cunts. But like cinemas had to put out warnings, like you will not be admitted to this film if you're wearing a suit. Oh, I've I missed one. I apologize. Uh, Bros, apparently, was very bad. Oh. I've only heard like good things about it, so that's interesting. Bros okay. is like the first big budget rom com about a gay couple. Yeah. Right. It's Billy Eichner 
And it's produced by... Um, Judd. Nicholas Stoller and Judd Apatow and some other guy. Um, um, but it, like, it bombed at the box really? office. Yeah, everybody was really excited about it and it bombed. And I don't know what critics said about it. Oh, critics gave it quite a high rating. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, why did it bomb? Because the world's not ready. I guess there's Sadly, still a lot of... it's upsetting. Conservative dickheads around there. But, I mean, this person thought it was bad, so maybe it was. Who? Well, you know, Billy Eichner's doesn't speak for every gay guy so maybe no he's not the only person who made this film but you know also Judd Apatow's pretty white straight man maybe 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 it got dumbed down a little bit I don't know yeah that's true that's true um Roger Ebert's uh dot com's rater (laughs) gave it 2.5 out of 4 stars well Roger Ebert is a notorious homophobe and even though he's dead (laughs) he's still from the grave going no gays. <laughs> no homo. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our favorite new films of the year. All right, everybody, get strapped in. See if your film is there. So the first one on the list. <laughs> if you voted, your film you is voted. there. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yes. um, so the first film is She Said. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to see this movie. I've heard that it's kind of boring. It's Obviously, it's going to be kind of boring because it's just the true story of something that we all read about in the news like two years ago. Because it's like about reporters exposing um, Harvey Weinstein's crimes and, you know, it's um, based on a true story. Kerry Mulligan's in it, Zoe Kazan. I like them both. I like them both. Um... <laughs> And, and, you know, when there's a report, like, I like Zodiac for that sort of reason, the reporter's exposing. I didn't mind Bombshell, which is a similar sort of movie. And Spotlight. I love Spotlight. Like, that's I like those films where it's like, it's all coming out and we're going to get some people to come out with the truth. And it's all about very traumatic experiences. You know, it got generally positive reviews, so... I guess I just don't understand the purpose of the film. It, it almost seems to me like yeah. it's sort of a little time capsule like the only reason you'd want to watch it is in like 20 years time where you get like a really brief summary of what happened Mm. i just and but what's the point like i always think of this like true story movies yeah it's uh, yeah yeah, it is way too soon and i'm also like how much more am i going to in like i can read the wikipedia article (laughs) about the what happened with weinstein and stuff or I can spend, I assume this movie is at least two hours long. What's the ratio of enjoy, like how much I enjoy the Wikipedia article versus... Two hours and nine minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what's the ratio of enjoyment I'm going to get um, from we- reading the Wikipedia article over watching the film? The movie I have to enjoy a lot more than Wikipedia. I think what gets me is that it's telling this story, which didn't happen that long ago, but it's also... St- nothing's really resolved like yes he's gone to jail he'll be in jail for a long time but it's still an inherent problem in hollywood there's still so many other people's voices that are being silenced in hollywood and it's almost like we did it but mm, you did one (laughs) you know yeah but i haven't seen it so i can't really judge but it kind of like started me too like right 
Yeah, but Me Too still has so much to go. Like, I feel like this would have been a good story to tell a few decades in the future. Sure. When we've Fe- resolved. When we've, we've, we're all feminists. Well, there's, <laughs> you know, there's multiple Steve Jobs movies. That's true. So there'll be multiple. And I can't wait to watch all of them. <laughs> next. So, next. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Ugh. Which I'd actually this is really the like Nick to Cage see. vehicle, right? With yeah. multiple. I, um, yeah, I wasn't interested. So it stars Nicolas Cage as a fictionalized version of himself. Um, and it's like a, an American action comedy film. I kind of wanted to see it, but I wasn't like gagging, you know? Yeah. I don't like when, like, I like Nicolas Cage, but he's too self aware now, I think. Like, he's. Yeah. You know, the caricature of himself thing, I don't think it's all that funny. Well, like, I, it's better, it would be better if he wasn't in on the joke, which isn't fair on him. <laughs> it's funny because in adaptation, he plays a parody of Charlie Kaufman, like a fictionalized version of himself, but he's the actor. And it's kind of like he's doing this for himself in this film. I mean, like, the, the crazy Nicolas Cage thing is funny, like, in. I don't know, the Wicker Man remake or even, like, Leaving Las Vegas or something. Mm. But when he's like, look at me, I'm going all Nicolas Cage again. Except I'm Nick Cage. Yeah, it's just a bit like, eh, fuck off. I don't know. But, I, and, I think and it'd be a fun watch. The people I know who have seen it didn't like it very much. So whoever voted for this, incorrect. <laughs> the next one is Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. It's a sex comedy drama film. Directed by Sophie Hyde, written by Katie Brand. Women. <laughs> Women. Women. Um, and stars Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormack. I love a bit of Emma Thompson. Can't go wrong with love Emma. love a bit of Emma Thompson in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty well praised. So it's about a woman whose husband has died. And during their whole marriage, she never had an orgasm. So she's hired a sex worker to try and have an orgasm. So it sounds interesting. It sounds sex positive, feminist. Sex work positive and humorous but also touching. (laughs) All the things you like in a film. Let's check it out. I reckon there'll be some Oscar bait. You reckon? Maybe. Mm, Not based on the poster. Yeah, maybe it's uh, too... Oh, it's a Hulu film. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's too indie for Oscar. Next. Next. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which was voted for a number of times. Mm. I'm not surprised. It's a very, very good film. A very, very unique film. And if you want to know more about it, listen to our podcast with the lovely Jordan Bastion, which we did not that long ago now. You liked this film a lot, didn't you, Stephanie? I did, but I had to watch it the second time to really immerse myself in it and embrace it. And Mm. um, it is excellent. wasn't my favourite, but it's excellent. Yeah, so. it's about mental illness. Oh, yes. So it's an absurdist comedy drama film written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, collectively known as Daniels, about a Chinese... They did um, Swiss Army Swiss, Person, isn't Swiss, that right? Swiss Army Man, yes. It centres on a Chinese-American immigrant family and the main character, Evelyn, played by Michelle Yeoh. She's been audited by the IRS and then discovers she needs to connect with the metaverse and save the universe. And that's all I'll say. Interesting. Interesting. No, I do really need to finish it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's worth... I think you'll like it. Yeah. 
Apologies for the sounds of our cat during this entire recording, but she's loving <laughs> it. Dingling and purring. Next, mm-hmm. controversial. The next one is blonde. Blonde, no way. So, Blonde is a biographical film, a fictionalized take on the life and career of Marilyn Monroe, played by Anna de Armas, and it was kind of given a bit of controversy and a bit of. Uh, notoriety for being quite graphic in its portrayal and not very respectful respectful of of Marilyn and there was a lot of people saying don't watch it don't do it but did you know that the score was composed and performed by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis I did know that I didn't know that wow I'm surprised you haven't gone gotta see it Uh, I don't know much about Marilyn Monroe and I'm not all that interested. I've honestly barely watched any of her films. Yeah, I haven't seen a single one. Sorry, Holly, world of Hollywood and film. I think, she, you know, her life is very tragic and another one of Hollywood's sort of casualties. But that's all I really know about her. A lot of people criticise this film as exploitative, sexist and dehumanising. Um, so that someone has come on here and said it's their favourite of the year. Bold. Who could Very it bold. be? I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did read a few bits and pieces about Andrew Dominic, the director, responding mm. to people criticising it. and being... Did he say, fuckity fuck fuck, just watch my fucking film? Um, <laughs> effectively, except he was a bit... No, he... no Sorry, that he... was a seer quote yes. from music. Um, but he was very much just like, I'm glad people are offended by this. Uh, yeah. Shows that we have a heart or what? No, no. He was just like, fuck you all. <laughs> like he was really brazen about it. And I, I, I enjoyed that. I respect that he just doubled down. Most importantly, there's an actor in here called Casper. Casper <laughs> Philipson plays JFK. It's got some Scoot. McNary. Oh, Scoot. Scoot. It's got Lucy DeVito. Is she a relative of Danny's? Uh, maybe. All right, we could go on. Ned Bellamy is related to Matt Bellamy from Muse. Is that true? I don't know. All right, next. The next one is The Wonder. I saw a trailer of this today, just coincidentally. What the on fuck? Netflix. I am entered a competition to see this movie for free and I didn't win. That is disappointing. It was disappointing. Also, was it a joke competition? Because it was released on Netflix. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I didn't know that. I must have given my email to some fucking scammer. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I think it was a... I think... It, uh, yeah, I fucked up. No, nah, they must have done a screening. Come <laughs> on. So, not to be confused by Wonder, which is that film about a kid with a face difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, this is a psychological period drama directed by Sebastian Lelio. It's based on a novel... And an English nurse is sent to a rural Irish village to observe a young fasting girl who is able to miraculously survive without eating and has done so for about four months. And guess mm. who the nurse is? Flo Poo. Flo Poo. Florence Poo. Sorry, obviously. I think we should watch that immediately. And Emma Donoghue, the writer, wrote Room. And it's right. got Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Toby Jones, the Love greatest Jones. actor of all time. Anyway, good to know whoever watched that film and enjoyed it, because uh, I'm going to watch it. Next one is Christmas Ransom, which is a Stan film and an Australian film. Oh. And I have to admit, 
I've seen the the poster and it I don't want to watch it. <laughs> no. It's got two people tied up with fairy lights. It looks like it's a kid's film. Yeah. Is this the same person who has all the kid no. Oh yes it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Matt O'Kine is in it. Who's yeah, he's he, alright. He's, he's an Australian comedian. He had a Stan mini series, so maybe there's something going on there. Um, right, in terms of his like maybe working to get out of his contract. relationship with Stan. <laughs> okay, right. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, maybe this is a good film. So it's a pair of bumbling crooks who hijack the Harrington and Sons toy store. What? And a pair of kids stumble into the heist and are forced to team up with a female security officer to save Christmas. That sounds cute. But one of the bumbling crooks looks like it's Miranda Tapsell, who's pregnant. What a crook. <laughs> Anyway, I don't, know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna watch it. I'm sorry. Oh, maybe, maybe it's, if it it's wasn't a Christmas, new film, maybe it's good. Maybe it's maybe good. it's good. Yeah, maybe Christmas is over though. Yeah, I know. So I'm probably not gonna watch it until next year, and at which time I will have forgotten about it. Mm. The next one is the menu. I was which... talking about this. Yeah. What were you saying? Tortured man. Tortured unrelenting man. standards mm. pushes himself to the brink to achieve some perfect piece of work. Fuck off. Well, this one's uh, produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. So maybe it's a little bit quirkier than that. Yeah, look, I think it's probably really good. It's just a story that I've seen too many times, as I've already said tonight. So, well, it's next. Got, it's got... Next. Now, the re- no, no. Next. No, we have to talk very importantly about... This was actually voted for a couple of times, so it must be all right. Anya Taylor-Joy gives me joy. And also Nicholas right. Holt is in it. And Rafe Fiennes is in it. And Rafe, how could you dislike Rafe? Well, how he's could you Voldemort. Voldemort. How could he, you dislike hello. Him? Hello. Hello. <laughs> and it's a dark comedy horror film focusing on a group of diners in an exclusive restaurant who discover the celebrity chef owner intends to kill them all before the night is out. Oh. Maybe I just assumed what this movie is about. Based on the poster and not having read anything about it. Yeah, because it. it doesn't sound like it's anything like what you thought it was. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> Look at the poster, though. He's all standing there and looking serious. I saw a trailer and I'm interested. I'd like to see it. I, I, we were almost going to see it at the movies and then we were tired. That's so, <laughs> so fascinating. <we> oh, <laughs> my goodness. Put that on the we, Wikipedia page. Full stop. We were tired. All right, well, sorry for potentially misleading people and um, sorry for showing my ignorance and you can fire me from the podcast. Babe, I already have. This is a one-off. <laughs> Next one was 3,000 Years of Longing. This was hotly anticipated, this film. The next George Miller film. Who we love. Who we love and appreciate. Because of Happy Feet. Because of Happy Feet. The weirdest fucking movie it's of all time. weird movie isn't it it's a very george miller children's film for anyone who's not aware george miller did mad max all of them and it sounds like this film is a bit of a a journey it's like two characters talking in a hotel room and they go they tell stories to each other that then get depicted right yes it's quite a ensemble cast friends of friends are in it and have been involved in it because it's all australian and Tilda Swinton is the main character, and Idris Elba it plays like a genie? A djinn. D-J-I-N-N. A djinn. Ah, oh, 
Yeah, so it's like a genie in the bottle sort of story. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't given that many positive reviews. It Like it wasn't, it was a bit of a flop. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. According to Variety, it was a terrible result for a movie that's playing in thousands of theatres across the country. So it was one of the biggest box office bombs of the year. Shame. Well, someone, George, someone out there likes it. The trailer made me want to see it. Like, it looked kind of quirky and cool. Yeah, I was really hyped for it, and then I never got around to see it. Story of nearly every movie on this list. You were trying to figure out which one was my favourites and worst favourites. It was like, surely there's something I saw this year that I forgot about. No, I didn't see that many movies at the cinema because we didn't, we couldn't. Yeah. Not because of pandemic stuff, because of having a child. Mm. Speaking of children, the next one is Turning Red. Yeah, right. This yeah. Is, is this the Disney, is it Disney Pixar or is it some other one? Yeah, Pixie, Pixar, Disney, Disney Pixar. Being, yeah. Pix, Disney Pixar. P- mm-hmm. Disney Pixar. Mm-hmm. Stop, <laughs> stop that now, please. I really liked it. I put it on with Cusp and I keep asking him if he wants to see it again. He keeps saying, no, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> it's probably a little old. Like, I mean, it's He likes cool, the panda. But like, really it's about. the panda. Isn't it about getting your period? It is about getting a period. That's why I love it. Um, so it is and another amazing trend in film is having Asian Americans or Asians in the forefront of storytelling. And this is really Disney has been putting lots of different cultures in the, the spotlight, which has been really nice. It was the first Pixar film solely directed by a woman. Holy fucking shit. Domi Shi. And she also directed the short film Bao, which I watched a couple of days ago and cried. <gasps> Are you okay? Never cry. It's beautiful. I never cry. So, yeah, Turning Red is a coming-of-age film about May, who's trying to grapple with being a teenager and being into boys and boy bands and then having to be like, the, have the expectations of the family, the very traditional family. And then she wakes up and she's transformed into a large red panda, which is a metaphor for womanhood. Doesn't she... I thought she transformed when she gets cranky or something. Yes, when she shows emotion, strong emotion. So there's a family curse where everyone is a... All the women turn into pandas and they have to control it and keep it inside and not let the panda come out, which is a metaphor for intergenerational trauma. Um, this is interesting. Budget one hundred and seventy-five million. Box office twenty million. Oof! Yowch! You know what? That's though? gotta hurt. Wipe out. They'll make it back eventually. You reckon? Yeah, like you're right. It's like biggest money losers based on absolute loss on worldwide and earnings, but its um, critical response was huge. So ninety-five percent positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I reckon I'll get some Oscars. Well, I hope so. I hope so for your sake. It's like a cinematic fan who voted for it. For my sake. Yes. All right. Shall we all tell each other? Okay, first of all, let's start from the worst film we saw this year that wasn't from this year. Michael, go. Butterfly Effect. Shocking film. Yes, I agree. Thank you. Also, we'll tell you all about why Michael hated that film. In the podcast episode about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen. if you don't know already, get the net. Get the net. Um, I, there was a quite a few worst films for me. I watched a lot of bad films, it seems. But Battlefield Earth was one of them, definitely. I 
like it's objectively the worst film, um, but also The Woman in the Window. Terrible, 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 terrible. Okay, tell us about it. There's a Patreon bonus episode if you want to hear oh, about sorry. my thoughts about it. I didn't know that. Yeah, there is. Because I'm not a Patreon subscriber. Why won't you become a Patreon subscriber, Michael? I think it's because I'm so committed to being so, so bad. I'm committed <laughs> to being a low-quality person. person. Yeah. All you need is $3 a month. Do you have $3 every month? Yeah, definitely. I'm just so flawed. <laughs> you don't support indie podcasts. I don't support any independent media. I don't support nothing. Well, you're just going to have to throw your money where your mouth is and listen to the Patreon episode <laughs> about Woman in the Window. Okay. So is that your least favourite movie of the yeah, year? I'll f- be sure to avoid it. If anybody, you know, walking around with a TV screen on their chest playing Woman in the Window approaches me, I'll be sure to look far away from okay. that and run. Okay. Okay, next. Of the films that you watched this year that was not released this year, what was the best film you saw? Burian Sound Studio, the films of Peter Strickland. Unsurprised. I know. Uh, (laughs) I just fucking love this movie. Why did you love it so much? I've never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's really good. I just thought it was, it's a tremendous work. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Giallo. Giallo. Italian horror. You already know this. You already know it all. They don't. Not necessarily. I've mentioned this in every bloody episode I've done all year. There's a great podcast out there called the. Po- I think it's called the podcast you didn't ask for, or something like that. And every episode they do, they mention at least once that you have to watch Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> and this is your Midsummer. Right. It's yeah. a great podcast. What's your the best movie you watched this year? I want to guess what it is. Okay. And. It's I can't really. I'm I've been looking through my letterboxed. I'm not sure if I've logged the movies See, that we watched to, together. I need to log the movies that I watched. Yeah, you do. Everybody needs to get a letterboxed. Get a letterboxed, including me. I love letterboxed. I love meticulously recording the content you consume. Yeah. Oh, mm, Exorcist. Mm-mm. Look at all the cool movies I watch, Steph. I'm cool. <laughs> looking for other brandy. Shutter Island. Oh, yeah. Was it Ella Brandy? No. <laughs> Did that? No. I, I watched that in 2021. Otherwise, mm. I probably would have been up there. Uh, yeah, don't know, man. Surprise! you skimmed past The Lost Daughter. Was that it? That was one of... I've, I cheated and I picked two. Um, you have taken a lot of liberties as the poll. I am the podcast host, yeah. so I can. Um, Not fair. But I, it was a tie between that and The Babadook. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I really liked The Babadook. Yeah, Just sure. really, really loved it. Both very similar. Yeah. Grief, motherhood. Mm. Grief, motherhood. Mm. <laughs> um, what was the worst new film of the year that you saw? I was tempted to put Don't Worry Darling, even though I haven't seen it. Because <laughs> everyone else did. Yeah, I just want to feel... Well, that's my pick. Popular. It was pretty bad. I couldn't think of a film that was worse that I saw. You tried to defend it, like, half an hour ago. I just said the set design was nice. That was the hill you died on. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Um, I picked Crimes of the Future, the um, mm. new Cronen- Cronenberg. Was it really that bad? I think maybe expectations were too high. Yeah. Um, 
and it was just a bit like Cronenberg by numbers. Mm. I'm not the biggest Cronenberg fan of all time. Mm. Yeah, I just found it a bit bland. Mm. It didn't know what it was trying to do, I don't think. It looked gratuitous from what people told me about it, including yourself. Yeah, it was. It was a bit. But, I mean, you know, what's gratuitous when this guy's whole career is gratuitous? Yes, that is his... Like, that's the point. That's his shtick. Mm. It's funny. I'm sure I just didn't get it. Because I was going to go see that, and you took my ticket, and it was the worst film you saw. So well, you it also avoided me like, having to watch it. A child dies in the first five minutes, so yeah. Steph would have been a walkout. Well, why? Why weren't you a walkout? Because sometimes I like to think of what my life would be like if I wasn't a parent. Wow. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, you know what my worst one was. Should we move on to? Finally, I reckon we should both say it at the same time. <gasps> no what, way. What was your favorite new film of the year? Ready? Three, two, one. Flux Minions Gourmet. Rise of Gru. <laughs> oh, you're not funny. <laughs> Flux Gourmet. Flux Gourmet. Do we, do, do we, we jinx? Oh, that's so cute. Gourmet. We still, we've still we got still it. We still love each we've other. We've still got it, don't we, Steffi? <laughs> How good was Flux Gourmet? It's a really good movie. The it's, films of Speedus Tricklin. It's funny. Someone at work was like, oh, I want to go to the movies. What should I see? I was like, Flux Gourmet. And they're like, what is that? I was like, um... <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate, yeah. <laughs> and they like very mainstream movies, like, oh, maybe don't see it. <laughs> like, everybody so should see this movie. So good. It's really funny. So, it's this Peter Strickland film. Just so timely that your obsession with Peter Strickland started this year and he released a film this year that is just so good. How wonderful. <laughs> And Gwendolyn Christie is obsessed with her now. Um, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who else was in it. Was there anybody else famous? The boy from... The boy. Oh, the boy from Sex Education. Sex Education. He was yeah. kind of the weak link in there the film. There was no Toby Jones. It's fun. <laughs> but it's about a, like a performance art group. They make music on stage out of food preparation. And they go to a retreat run by Gwendolyn Uh with like a sizable grant to put on a show mm. and it's just about the dynamics between the artists and the funders and a, a group of competing Asia Butterfield or Asia Butterfield um, is the guy from Sex Education yeah mm. it's just very funny but it's also it just says there's a character who's got like who's really, is he really constipated or he's got diarrhea or something? And like the narrator and fuck, it's funny. He's there to, I guess, journal the whole experience. He's been hired to interview everyone. Is that right? Or just to document it? I don't know. Just watch it. (laughs) Stop listening. Stop the video. Go to your local cinema. it's, It's very funny. Very unique. Gross at times. Asia Butterfield's character is called Billy Rubin. Billy Rubin is an organic compound present in excrement. <laughs> it gives poo its brown colour. Peter Strickland's fucking great. You just gotta see it. There you have it, folks. Well, thank you very much for talking about <laughs> these films. With me, it's nice to see such a range of different films that people have watched this year, um, but also some themes, similar themes, some films that I will definitely watch and some that I will avoid. So, yeah, we now know to steer clear. To steer clear of. So this will be our last episode of 
the year because it's also the last couple of days of the year we're gonna go on a little break over the month of January and come back in February I will let you know the actual date of when we come back but in the meantime uh, we will be releasing bonus content as usual and our latest Patreon campaign or fundraiser will be for Jira which is a Aboriginal organization based in Victoria that gives First Nation women and families support and advocacy as well as legal advice and lots of other services, particularly those undergoing uh, or involved in family violence. So a really important cause and it was voted on by everyone on Instagram. So we're all keen to give them a bit of money. So if you would like to subscribe to the Patreon, please do. It's only $3 minimum a month and that money goes straight to Jira for the month of January and February. Subscribe ASAP to get your money into Jira. You can also donate your own amount through the Patreon with the fundraising link that we have. So please become a Patreon subscriber. We've just released a bonus episode where I had a little bit of a rant about the Medicare services that have been cut and lots of other more fun episodes for you to listen to. I also just want to say thank you, everybody who listens to this podcast. It's been such an awesome year. And thank you for everyone who's contributed in some way to the podcast, whether you've been a guest, whether you've written a review, if you haven't, do one now, or whether you've sent me a message in whichever form. So thank you again. And thank you, Michael, for being a big support and talking with us tonight. Thanks, Steph. Get out there, write a review and like the podcast yep. in whatever official means by which you have. It takes a lot of work to do this podcast and I'm looking forward to having a little break. So in the meantime, I'd love your support so that we can keep going and have another wonderful year in 2023 with lots more awesome guests. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night. And that's it from us. First impressions can take as little as six seconds to make. But in these fleeting moments, whose amazing stories don't we get to hear? That's where Beyond Six Seconds comes in. Join me, Carolyn Keel, as I uncover stories of life and creativity, triumph and struggle, with a focus on neurodiversity. I'm featuring neurodivergent people whose stories shatter misconceptions, break stigma, and showcase vibrance and diversity. To listen, go to beyond6seconds.net or follow the show in your favorite podcast player.